All right. Here we are. Lawyer Talk Part Do. Part Two. Part Two of the Penitentiary Chronicles. That's Blinsky Chronicles Penitentiary Series Part Two, Subsection B. <laughs> We've had a few of those. Right. Uh, Where do we leave off? We left off just kind of giving the roundabouts of, of, of checking in to, to the prison and working in the kitchen. And that was one thing. One morning we're there working in the kitchen and something was going on. Commotion was going on. Alarm got sounded. Everybody's pulled out of the back. We're in the front commissary area where the guards come and everybody stripped down. Everybody, take your clothes off. Hold on a second. Just get naked, take your clothes off? Down to your boxers. All right. I mean, not not quite, but they, but they were coming to check, and, and nobody knows what's going on, but they're, they're, the guards are very stern. Something has happened. Everybody's lining up. We're out in the front common area where the, the dining room. And see, this is it right here. This is... This is when you know that you are you, when you have lost your rights. Whenever you are told to strip down, there it you know it, I can't it's not imagine a good, it's not a good feeling you know, and you have to do that. You know that's imagine going to work today and line up and strip down. So what they're doing is we had talked earlier about the chomos, and that is a prison slang for child molester. Chomo. Chomo. Whenever I was my first day in there, I was talking to some guys, and they're giving me the ropes and showing me around. One guy said, we're eating. And there's, you had asked about cliques and areas. And there are different groups that would eat together. And I was eating with my group, and they let me know, don't go sit over there. That is where the chomos are. What had happened was, as we're standing there, there's windows, and I see – uh, medics going in to a, to a common area in another building. And there had been a couple child molesters that were there that had been, uh, they, they, they got the shit beat out of them. They got, they got beaten to where there was, you know, a bloody room with guys getting carried out on stretchers. The reason we were stripped down was they walk through to check your hands, to check to see they had to find out who did. They don't know who did this right now. Hmm. Everybody's under investigation. So you have to check for scratch marks, you know, any wounds that you have to your hands to find out who did this. So as they come through, they're checking your hands, turn around, going over, you know, scoping you up and down. You get back in line. That doesn't mean you get to put your clothes back on. Just back in line. And we're standing there, and we're seeing where they're carrying out. Now the story is is that that I heard because I mean, come on, you're you're in a community. Yeah, I mean, that, it's I getting mean, around. It's getting around. That the two gentlemen that were there were both convicted child molesters. That were they were hanging out. The one guy had already gotten in trouble before, where some of these guys aren't allowed having magazines. Magazines magazines are a currency in there for multiple reasons. Uh, they would build workout equipment with them, down to putting them into laundry bags with uh, with a you know I mean a broomstick to to do bench presses because they wow. don't have free weights. They had running machines, jogging. So 
magazines become a lot of things. And this guy had had a folder that he had put together of children that he cut out of, like, People magazine or uh-huh. like that. See, I started to think maybe wrongfully convicted child molester, and then you tell me that. It's yeah. like – so, yeah. no. so he had got sent up the hill. For having so, that? For, for having that. Okay. So now he's back. And uh, one of the inmates had found him standing in his, his, his area, in his bunk, next to his bunk, and was looking at pictures of his kids. Oh, oh, dude. Like, look, I've never been to prison, but I know that probably's not going to fly. I mean, that's like, that's like bad news stuff. Oh, so I, and, and, and I was like, when I, when I got checked in, I was told, you know, you go ahead and tell the people why you're here. Don't talk to them any other reason. I had paperwork with me that he gave me to where I can show what, my, why I'm here. There's, you know, they, when you, when you check in, you get, you get a whole bunch of paperwork that you have to keep with you. And one thing that was on there, he said, keep that shows your charge so that you can let the other inmates know why you're here. And so now that there was a fight, now things are a little bit more strict. You're not, you know, that so you, somebody's broken some rules here. So things got to tighten up. And these guys, were, we're standing there looking out these windows. I see them being carried out on, on the gurneys. And, I mean, they were bloody. They were – it was a mess where you needed mop buckets. Mm. And and so just knowing that I don't think anybody's going to come for me because of why I'm in there. But if I ups- – is there an opportunity? Can you, you know – You experienced it. You, I, I, I right experienced next to the bed. First day. I, I, I saw it. So that was something right there. You know, I did not like being there at all. You have no rights. You will you will do what you are told to do. And who's telling you what to do? Is it an inmate or is it a guard? You're going to do, and at one point, you, you don't always want to do what the inmates are telling you, but you could be, I don't know, you could be put in a situation. Yeah. So. There's two masters there. So as you're sitting there and the the the, the chomos definitely got pushed aside. They did, they got things stolen from them. They got, you know, one time I, I used, I, I bought a bottle of shampoo from a, a commissary because they give you some, it's not very good. You know, and 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 I. And it's not I, like a beauty parlor it's, shampoo. It's not a very good shampoo. You don't. And you don't, and you don't and it's, it's it's all body. It's all in one, and it really won't last you. You <laughs> know, all I mean? in one. Well, that's shampoo conditioner. Shampoo, and soap. shampoo conditioner, soap. It's just a liquid yeah. bottle, and you get one a week. And to be honest with you, you could use that whole bottle in one shower. All right. And I remember I left it in the stall, and then I went to my and I went I went to go back, and it was gone. You know, <sighs> and what am I to do? Who took my soap? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so then you just sit back and you're like, well, you know, I, I got to remember to pick your stuff up. Right. Because if you let something lay in an area and you walk away and somebody takes it, now what are you going to do? What are you going to do? you going to hunt it down? Yeah. Are you going to? Uh, yeah, you gave it up. You, you gave it up. It's abandoned property. Now, once again, it's easier for me because I know how long I'm there and I know how many days I'm there for. 
if I'm going to be there for a number of years, not a number of days, that soap just became a little bit more valuable. Mm. Well, and it's the, the principle of it too, right? So if you're, you know, if, if somebody, if you know somebody takes your stuff, you don't do anything about it, that probably says something, you know, there's probably uh, probably a message, a wrong message getting sent there. But at any time, and you're not treated, I mean, they're not, they don't all treat you, the guards aren't all bad, but they're not your friends. They're not nice to you. I mean, uh, you know, they're right. They're, they're the, prison guards. They're right? prison guards. Right. You know, and they do talk down to you at any point in time that they can. They will. And whenever you step out, strip down. When you have to listen to another man and strip your clothes off in front of them, to me that that weighed on me. I I. Man, you lose your dignity, you lose your you, freedom, you lose everything. You lose freedom, you lose your dignity because you no longer – you will do what you're told to do. You don't have the rights. You gave those up whenever you were breaking the law. Yeah. Hmm. And, you know, you continue to go through in there down to where they had, they had, a, they had a health inspector coming. And he asked me, I remember the CEO came to me and said, you know, is there anything else that, what, what would you think? How would you, how would you do? I said, well, I passed every one of my health inspections. You mean at the barbecue? And, and yeah, well, the barbecue in my previous careers and the other kid, all the kitchens I've right. worked in. And it was simple things like walking up to the ice machine. I walk up there and put my hand in and run back and you, you don't see it. You forget that it's there, but there's mold and there's mildew and there's, there's a gunk and down to illuminance. Not all the light bulbs were in. Then people don't think about that. I was like, well, in the walk-in, you got four lights in there and only one bulb's working. I said, that's... About how could they expect to pass? I mean, they got stuff that says not for human consumption sitting around. I mean, how if a health inspector is going to treat them like they treat anybody it's, else? It's, no, they're not going to treat them like anybody else. This is a government health inspector. Okay. So they're not... Why would they even be you know, worried then? You know, they'll, they'll pass in this prison. When you stopped and you took a break, you were like, did you ever did you get it creative with the food? I was like... There's no spice rack in there, you know. There's no, there's no special. Once again, I, you know, there's, there's no tools, you know. You, 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 you there's no you, you gotta tools. Get creative, right? you, yeah. And so you, you, they have a form, you know, to 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 make something. You put this, this, and this. It's easy. You open up box A, mix it with box B, and then that that's how it goes. There's no. Now, that comes on to your, your commissary and what you'd order from there. And once again, I had a, had a group that I was able to hang with, but there's still 600 people in my living area. So you're not with them all the time, and they have jobs and they're gone. And I'm glad that I found a few people I communicate with because if I hadn't found them, I'd, I, I was not making – a lot of friends in there. You know, if I made yeah. five out of 600, you're still pretty much outnumbered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah no, no question about it. So it, every day, every night was a very long day, a very long night. I was going to ask you that. Did the time, I mean, is there, are there days where you just thought, man, that flew by or no, is it just like, there was never a fly by agony. There's never a fly by day. And I would talk to Shorty on the phone. And how often did you get to call her? I called her. It was about once a day. All right. Um, you got you had time lots. Every morning I called the barbecue. Every night I called Shorty. Gotcha. 
Uh, I do believe there's a couple times where I did run out of minutes. You know, there was uh, as close as I could, but every other day, as much as I could, even for a few minutes, you know, she wrote me some letters. I wrote back. Um, It's you're you're in a different world. You you have no rights. You have no freedom. You are under the control. They are in total control of you, and you will do what they say, or they can make it worse. And they will make it worse. And like you've seen in the old movies, out there where I said I used to run, there were little buildings that looked like outhouses that you could get sent to. Really? That you could get put in. You could do a day or two out there in what looks like an outhouse outside in the middle. Man. So... I remember too. Then finally, I remember. I remember. I mean, the 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 day before I was getting sent out, it you know every every second was five minutes. Hey, you got the last twenty four hours. Don't screw it up. You know, right? and I'm, like, I just keep. I'm like, well, I'm supposed to be. And then I remember. I think I was getting. I was getting like checked out. It was like five thirty or six in the morning. I was supposed to. So I normally go to work at four. So I'm sitting there. I didn't, I, I'm not going to go to work today because I'm getting checked out, right? So I've got everything packed up. Well. Everything that I had, I, I gave away to people. If I had commissary sure. left, if I had I had talked to people, I gave all my stuff away. And I'm just sitting there, and the guard comes and want to know why I wasn't at work. Why, why didn't I go to the door? And I told him, then he, no matter what, go to work. I go down, talk to the CEO in the kitchen. He asked me if I, if I wanted some, some oatmeal. I was like, I'm good. Oatmeal, quinoa. And I ate. They they had a salad bar. When I say salad bar, it's not yeah, like a, is it Wendy's? Yeah, it's not as it's not a super bar. Did salad say, bar is this. It's lettuce. Let, it. It's lettuce. Is there any dressing? Had, there's dressing. Sugar free dressing. Um, it's not very good dressing. I, Did you say quinoa? Yeah. They have quinoa. Yeah. <laughs> Gruel. Yeah. It's like um, porridge. Yeah, yeah. It's porridge. It's yeah. it's yeah. That that was breakfast. Wow. It was oatmeal, or you have oatmeal or quinoa. Some days they had pancakes. That was like on Saturday or something like that. Hotcake Saturday. Hotcake and, Saturday. Don't know, burn them, Jim. And, and the, don't burn them. And so you had to sit there and do some work, like, well, I went to, down there. They didn't, he just asked me if I wanted breakfast. I said no. And he said, just go hey, go sit in the dining room. Go, you know, they'll come get you. And when they came, got me. And there was a number of different guys. So I remember we're checking out and then. I, whenever I went there, they took all my clothes. I thought they just had it in a box, you know. So I get there and they're like, "They're like, where's your clothes?" I'm like, "Because you got to turn in your uniforms and everything. You're not going back out." That I was like, "Yeah, isn't it in a box?" <laughs> like, once again, I mean, I, I how would I, you know, right? I, how would I know? And they were like, "Well, nobody mailed you any clothes," and I was like, "This, I'll walk out of here buck naked." <laughs> I mean, I got this. It's it was I will leave. It's cool. And no, you have money in the commissary. I did. So they I had to buy a pair of jeans, a shirt, socks and shoes to walk out. You still have those jeans? I do. I got the jeans. I got the shirt. Old Glory, Walmart brand. Old Glory. They're blue, blue jeans. Not like the good blue jeans. Like the Homer Simpson's blue. Yeah. Right. And uh, and and a polo white shirt and but now and I just then then they got to get in a van because they're gonna go take you up to where I check myself in you know there's multiple areas there and there was a number of us 
that they were getting checked out. I remember they were like this. Like, so when you, one guy asked me, when are you going to be back? I said, I'm not coming back. He said, that's what everybody says. <laughs> that's right, dog. That's what everybody <laughs> says. Said, that's, what, that's what everybody says. He's like, how long do you think? Think you make it a year? I said, man, I was here for 30 days. And I, I no, I, I, won't, I, won't, I will not be back. I will not be back. Um, so I remember I was waiting out front. And then we get put in a cell and I'm with this other kid. And I'm sitting there talking to him. And he's like, so he's like, are you on paper when you get out? I was like, yeah. I said, I got to go out. I got to turn myself back in. I did get an ankle monitor. I'm under house arrest. And I have five years of probation. He was like, man, I said, fuck that. He was like, they offered me a deal where I could have done less time and then I'd have probation. He said, not me. He said, I did all the time. So when I walk out of here, I walk out of here. And I continued to talk to him. And he was very excited, could not wait. His girlfriend was picking him up in their van. And he was like, and she's got probably a line of meth for me this big. <laughs> it's like. And I remember thinking to myself, it's like, this guy, he just did like five years. Five years. And he's like, and I'm like, and he was talking, he's like, I'm going to do it right in the fucking parking lot. <laughs> And I'm just like thinking to myself, this is, property. I'm right. like, this is, this is, uh, I just, I, I, this is the, now, now, now I got to talk. Now I got to talk because people always say, I had to talk with somebody in my conference room just yesterday and his mom was there doing all the talking for this guy. And, and she just said, yeah, we just want him to, you know, he really needs to experience this and feel this. And, and here's the, here's the deal. It, it you can't, there's, the, these kind of consequences aren't going to change somebody that way. They have to do it themselves. So this kid does five years, and what's he looking forward to? A big line of meth, which is going to end him where, right? I mean, look, I know where that goes. There's not like recreational use of that drug that doesn't get you in trouble. No. I mean, he's coming back. And, you know, the five years or the be hard on crime or send people to prison or do this stuff, it's like – and I get it. I'm not, I'm not off the charts where I think prison doesn't have a purpose in our world, but – Thinking that it's going to solve drug crimes like that or like yours or whatever else doesn't matter. You did one month. You ain't ever doing it again. No, man. It, right? and, and I was very, very uncomfortable. I mean, very uncomfortable. I, I, you know, not out loud or bawling, but I cried many a night. Mm. And many a nights I thought about what if it had been the five years? What if it had been it? What if, you know I mean, what if this first 30 days, that was just the first 30 days out of five years, that's a big difference. And yeah. I, I, I could, I mean, my skin was crawling. I, you feel very alone. You do have a lot of time in your own head. You have a lot of time. You know, then again, in, in the Fox News newsroom that I was at, there's a gentleman in there who had car dealerships, who had the cash for clunkers, who was supposed to blow up the engines on the cars, but he was, instead of doing that, selling them at his buy-here-pay-here lots. And how much ever money it was, he was in there for three years. Yep. For selling cars that he was getting reimbursements from the government. Down to, down to there was a guy that was in there for murder. His murder case sounded like the guy deserved it. Still yeah. murder. Murder's murder. You know, murder's murder. 
So I guess that, you know, he, he didn't get the death penalty. But, you know, I mean, his murder was this. He's like, you ever, you ever get in a, a bar fight? He's like, yeah, my guy died. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to laugh at no, that. I mean, no, yeah. defend a lot of those murders. Right. Yeah, it's, you know what I mean? You fall back, you it, crack it, your head it, up. And, it's, you know, yeah. that, that was the deal. He's like, I wasn't, didn't set out turned to kill this guy simple here. Simple assault. It was, yep. it was a night of drinking that turned into something very bad. Yep. Um, Happens all the time. You know, down to this Russian that I was in there with, he was a character. Now, then again, he was in there. He told me it was – he was – I got to see him because of his pro violations. Yeah. I mean, a good part of these guys that talked to him is like, you know, their case was this many years ago. They're in for, you know, probation violations. They did violations, violations, violations. You know, these guys would all come back for violations. Which on that year of house arrest, one violation will take me out of my house and put me right back there. It was like we gave you the year, you know, house arrest doesn't seem to be working out for you. So we're just going to send you back. And I, you feel so small. You feel so small. You have no control. You, you have lost control. And, I was sick to my stomach every day that I was there. I did not want to be there. I did not want to jump in this guy's van for the for the courtesy line of meth. Mm-hmm. And what was blowing me away was like, man, you just did five years, and that's the first thing you're thinking about. That's the and I just I really was sitting there, and I just was kind of that was really going through this guy's mind. That's the irony of this. And right? I'm just like five years, thirty days. And, and I want nothing, man. I want I, I want to be picked up, and I want a cheeseburger. Because even on the 30 days, and I felt for a lot of guys I was in there with, I felt guilty for my 30 days. Huh. Because I'm in there for 30 days, and I know what a McDonald's commercial would do to me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine all those years when you're watching TV and you like, see these ads. Now they got the and McRib. You know, you know what you're eating, <laughs> yeah. you know, on a daily basis, and you got to watch TV and you see these ads to where you know, and a, a, a food ad would come on, and somebody would always be like, "When I get out, <laughs> when I get out, man, I am getting. I, when I get out, yeah, and." You know that you meet the guy from Pittsburgh. You meet the you, you meet people because you're there. You know, and that's the other thing with me is that I told stories because mine were new; they weren't repeats. Yeah. So they're you know as much as you watch TV or anything like that, you you want to hear. I mean, who would want to listen to like yeah. Blinsky stories or like Blinsky yeah. Chronicles? Who would want to listen to that? I had a, a lot of them just wanted to know how to crow weed. Um, that was but that's it that is one thing that I noticed that I inadvertently learned and if I wanted to learn more about crime boy was it there it was all there whatever whatever kind of crime I would like to commit when I leave I could find that guy and find out what he did wrong and that was a lot of the conversations a lot of conversations I would overhear is talking about how they got caught and how they're not going to get caught next time. Right. If I, if I could just do it over, here's what I'll do next time. I'd have done I'm this not going to get caught. Yeah. yeah. And with me, I just, I. So you were rehabilitated before you even did any of this. That's the thing, right? I mean, that's the weirdness of this. It's like you didn't need 30 days in prison to not go back. You didn't need one day. Um, you needed to get caught and wake up and say, all right, this sucks. I'm doing something else. But. 
then the other guy had five years and that's not good enough for him. So it really comes down to maybe what each individual requires Mm -hmm. internally to say, to look in the mirror, to look at God or look wherever they look and say, I'm going to change my life here. And I, I, I sort of sense from what you're telling me, like this kid, he would rather do more time in prison than be outside and be required to not break the law. He's yes. institutionalized. I mean, that's well, he, he doesn't have a problem with five years. He's the kind of guy well, that we've seen that'll say, "I'll do five years standing on I'll, my head, I'll man. That's not a big head. deal." He's comfortable he there. They're, they're comfortable. The game. There's a lot there. Yeah. He's comfortable, comfortable there. there. He's comfortable yeah. there. And I mean, are there tattoos happening in there? There's tattoos happening in there. There's there's it's a whole nother world going on in there. Mm. And I would hear stories. Oh, I heard a lot of horrible stories of things that went on where I was at. And I believe these stories from what I saw. And I didn't, I do not, to the, I do not want to go back. I. See, that's where I disagree with you, Steve. It's like, I, I don't think you, I think that you earned the right to go on to probation for this. But I do think the 30 days changed who you were, changed, changed. how you looked at things, changed, changed how you looked at Shorty, changed how you look at a, a I'm not a saying meal. it didn't change him. But after, after you got caught, well, let me ask you, was that enough? Yes. I mean, you got caught. You had to feel – because there, there's that humiliation that everybody goes through, that that sudden realization like where the floor opens up from under you and you get like that fast forward moment or rewind moment like in the sixth sense where you're just like, holy shit, I've been living yeah. this life. What was I thinking? And I sort of I, – I, I, when you describe what you went through in those moments, it sort of sounds like that where you're just like, what was I thinking? And that was enough for you to say, I'm never doing that again. Now, prison, you know, it may have had a positive impact on you in a lot of ways, it sounds yeah. like, in, in, at least in the sense that uh, you've got some. He had to show me what this is what your future can hold. That was what was shown to me is that whenever I walked out, that could be your future. It, the ball is in my court. What are you going to do with it? Yet there's, what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? Yet there's 600 people there that don't give a shit. They'll just stay there. Or no, there's more than that. I would look at yeah. well, that, but that was just my one just area. Your wing, that was right. my wing. Yeah, was 600. I mean, there were thousands and you thousands were on, of people. You were on. You were downhill. I was downhill. downhill. I was downhill where you could go out and and put together a soccer game. So even all these stories we heard, that was in the downhill. That's in the I, these the stories here, which, you know. There's suicide, there's molestation, there's drugs, all in the prison. They're there. You know, I heard the stories. Now, I don't know for a fact, but the stories, I don't know why multiple people were telling them of a guard that is now locked up in another area because of what was going on between him and inmates. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't want to be there. I, I want. I don't. I don't want any part of it. Let me throw a word at you: rehabilitation. Is that word ever? Was that word used at all from the day you walked in to the day you walked out? Anybody say we're going to rehabilitate you, Mister Blinsky? No. I mean, there was. Are you? Are you going to go through withdrawals? Are you gonna, you know, there, you know, right. that, you're gonna that would, get sick. Would, are you gonna get sick? Do yeah. you need to put you? Are you gonna throw up? And 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 are you gonna are you gonna be sick? Are you gonna be ill? You know, the answer to that was no, and and you go through there. Uh, 
Well, imagine that scenario. They don't give a shit either, do they? They stick you in a room. They'll just put you in a room with yeah. a bucket. See you, in a few, see you in a couple days, buddy. But no, it's like we talk about rehabilitation. You know, if you if you look at the philosophies that we've had for hundreds and hundreds of years with with prison and crime, it's like rehabilitation, protect the public, and punish. Um, I did a tour. I'll, I'll just say this, and I, I was out at Philadelphia recently, and one of the oldest prisons was there. And at that time, they had two different philosophies on prisons, like the Philadelphia style versus the New York style. Phil, you know what it was in Philly? Isolation. Complete isolation, and they, they had this prison set up a lot like these things are here. These, these there was a central thing, control room, and then hallways that would go off, and in in those hallways were cells on both sides of the hall, and in those cells was only one person, and they had a little trap door they could get out to get outside into a confined area that had no roof, so like they could see the light. But they could have no interaction with any other prisoner or with anybody. So they could go spend five years there and not interact with anybody. And the the Whew. psychology was that's what you need to do to rehabilitate. To clear your head or something. And then the whole other philosophy was the New York philosophy where you needed – you know that was, that was insane that people would go crazy and, and they did. Uh, and you'd have to be around others. But I never heard – and it, it was interesting because we did the museum tour. They give you headphones like these and you'd walk around. But – I never heard any sort of, uh, I guess, justification for rehabilitation and how that actually happened or would happen and what it was. And it, the, at the end, there was this video that was clearly anti-prison because they were talking about all the drug offenders who are now in prison and how that number is going higher and higher and higher. And it's doing nothing. Uh, and the war on crime has done nothing except for fund prisons. And some of that's probably true. Um, but at the end of the day, the message was, and I took away from that, it's like, philosophically, what really are we doing? I mean, if you if we're just punishing people, let's just say it, right? Let's just say it. That's all we're doing. We're it setting is. you there yeah. because you screwed up, you broke the rules, and now there's a consequence. Go do it and shut the hell up about anything else. We're not going to justify it any other way because it doesn't sound like what you're describing. Anybody is getting help to not be a criminal when they get out. Yeah. Well, one of one of my co co-defendants – he did his time in the in the workhouse right here in Columbus. He didn't he didn't go to a federal prison. He was in the workhouse. Happen? I don't know how it happened. He didn't have a good lawyer. He did get two broken ribs. He got beat up. He got beat up badly. He'd been getting into it. He was I, I he, he I'm sure he just was he he didn't he didn't stand up for himself. Yeah. He didn't stand up for himself. And it came down to where they beat him whenever he was sleeping. Mm. And he got broken ribs and his face smashed up. And he did the last bit of his time in like where I had said at the beginning, he did it. He did it in the medical ward. Um, I, you almost want to be in federal prison other than the No, that was, that was one of the things we fought for and filed for was yeah. to, where is, to where I could be at the best place that I could, that I could do my time. Yeah. And – it, it doesn't matter, though, man. You you lose everything, Jeff. You lose. You have no rights, and you are, you feel. You, and and I could see that the, if I was there longer, how smaller and smaller I would feel. You feel like a piece of shit. You feel like dirt, and it's not a place for me. And it's really easy to not go back. 
Yeah, there you go. Right. I mean, that's it's, it's, so, it's, it's, so what you're saying is I am never committing crime again. Yeah, it's right? very it. easy so, to not go back. Don't don't do it. Don't 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 do it. I will say this though, it is very easy to go to prison in our in our world. It's like this is a I have the, Jeff hears me rant about this crap all day long, but it's like we have freedom in this country, and it, you have freedom to do almost anything you want to do. And some of those choices could be crime, some of those drinking and driving, somebody's dead, or you do. It's like it, 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 people don't realize how close they are. Even normal or people who think, oh, it'll never happen to me. It's they're just a decision away at any time to that. And so if you've got somebody who's saying, well, screw it, uh, let's just do this one deal or screw it, I'll just take this one time or screw it, I'll just do this one time. And it's one decision away where they end up in a place like Elkton or wherever. And now they're making criminals. To a point, though, I do understand what that kid said to me. Not <laughs> the point of I just told him to give me my time. The 30 days in jail were easier than the year of house arrest. That, that was, I, the, the, that was. Well, you had, so house arrest, just so we're talking, house arrest is you're stuck at home. You're not allowed to leave unless you have specific permission to do it. You've got an electronic device attached to your body. So if you do go anywhere, everybody knows where you are. Um, you have to call or they call you randomly and make you come down and pee. Uh, and you're getting screwed with by hall monitors, guys who just like pushing your buttons, picking on you, making your life miserable, and uh, just just seeing if they can get you to get a rea- or to get a reaction out of you. And yeah. that was your life. I, met, that, I that was that that I got treated better in in prison than I got yeah. treated when I was out. Yeah. Um, the very next morning, I had to go downtown. I had to go meet up with my new my new probation officer, and. It once again did not did not go to the rehabilitation go well side. He was very frustrated. He was very disorganized. And I showed up his office, introduced myself, stuck my hand out to shake his hand, and he wasn't having that. He wasn't going to shake my hand. Why? I don't know. He just looked up at me and he had a piece of paper and he's like, "Have a seat." And then. He, you know, he he's going through everything, reading the paperwork. And one thing he said to me was like, you did how much time? He said, I don't believe that you did enough time for what you've done. And if I can do anything about it, you're going back to jail. That was how the conversation started. I had to tell you something. I mean, it, 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 it's sort of offensive to me. And here's what's interesting about it. Most parts of the federal system, and I've seen people have heard me say this in this series, is that typically the federal courts treat us very well. And by us, I mean you, by the, the lawyers, people. It's like you're going to get the courtesy that you extend in return and maybe more than you deserve at first until you really screw up. And then they're going to treat you like an asshole if you are an asshole. But that's a, it, that offends me that that goes on. It just does. Because and it does. And it goes on a lot. And you're not the first person to said something like that. I've had probation officers in state court and federal court who were awesome. I have had probation officers who have gone out of their way to help my clients get back into the world and, and succeed. Make sure they get jobs. Make sure they're they're doing what they're supposed to do. If they got a dope problem, make sure they're, they're you know everything they're supposed to do. And then you get the ones who just want to see you screw up. And they want to make you screw up. And then they want to say, ha, 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 ha. 
Yes. And and that's what you had. That and frankly, had. it pisses me off. I mean, it just it's like it it is nauseatingly frustrating. So you know, I got I had a drop. You know, when we say drop, that means a drug test. Mm-hmm. So I had a drop when I was there, and then I had to go back onto the call every night for the colors, and then I had to go back to where, and that was, and I even found that weird because I was on house arrest. And sometimes, and then that lasted just a short time. And then he would just, I mean, he would come to my house, you know, and he can come at any time. And then come in your house, and then go through every drawer, and then go through your, then go through everything. And uh, I, I remember too. At one point, uh, Shorty's brother was moving back from California, and he was going to stay with us for a little bit. And this is when I was on house arrest. And I remember my my problem, so I told him, I was like, "Hey, just you know, somebody else can be moving in the house." And uh, he said, uh, well, you know, if we come in here and he's got weed or he's got drugs or he's got something, that's on you. Anything in this house will be on you. And you can tell me it's his, and that doesn't matter. If anything's in this house, it's on you. And I was like, well, I just wanted to let you know that somebody was coming in. And then sometimes he would come up to work, and he would come, and he would come in the back of the kitchen and he would just stand over my shoulder looking at what I was doing. And then he started, why are you doing that? Why are you doing this? And he always just had this sour look on his face. And he would come in and stay there for a couple hours. Just watching you Just cook. watching me. And then sometimes he'd go sit out in the dining room and just sit there. Yeah, I remember you calling me about the, you'd be calling about this. And I would say, you know what? It just takes some pleasure that you have made him go out there. Like he, like he feels compelled to go out there and waste his time in your hot kitchen Watching you cook and work, it's like uh, you ever eat your food? I did not. He never ate any food. He didn't buy anything. He never. He, he never. Uh, no, nothing. And then, and you were probably nervous, like, well, well the I can't look from a plate. I'm not trying to bribe you, dude. You just want to try. Did, did you say Agent X ate my food? <laughs> <laughs> I did not. But see, one of them, the manager of the barbecue was a was 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 a co-conspirator of mine. So he had a different, you know, things went, you know, he had a different officer. His path was different, right. His path was different. He was also the one that got beat up. And it came to where, you know, every day, every, every, every week you got to fill out a form. Did you talk to a felon? And I had to answer it every day. Yes, I have. Were you around another felon? Yes, I was because we worked together. And, you know, your, your, Xerox, you had copies of your checks, copies of your bank statements. Everything had to go through. They still, once again, were totally in your life. And he would show up out of nowhere. Or one morning he called me up. I'm the only guy at the barbecue. I've got food in the smoker or anything like that. He called the barbecue. I answer the phone. And he says to me, he says, I need you to come down and drop. I said, all right, uh, you know, when, when, when do you want me to come down? He was like, now. I'm like, well, I, I've got ribs in the. I mean, I, I'm cooking. I'm I'm cooking food. <laughs> ribs in the smoker. And he would he would just. That's get, probably the only time he's ever heard that. He, he would just right. get so upset that he was like, "Well, you got to come down now. And you gotta, I need you to come down here, get in your car, and come down now." And I was like, "I've got to call somebody to get. I've got food. By the time I get down there and come back, I'm the only person here. Once again, house arrest means I can go home. I go to work." go home I and go he work. knows where you are so he's just being a he, dick he knows where i'm at he knows the whole scenario he it's knows like, the whole deal what are you going to do get your urine clean between then and now not going to happen right it's 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 lunatic. he's just being a dick and i worked a lot because if not i'm just sitting at home and and once again the monitor that i have on me has a range 
And when we first set it up, they set it up to where I could walk around. I couldn't, I couldn't get out of, I couldn't go off my property. And, uh, because this isn't a, like a GPS one. This was a registered monitor where we had to, it would read whenever I would come home, send it, then it would send a report out of the device. Right. So if I left my yard or if I walked all the way to the road, I would have, I would have gone out of my area. And so it would send off and it would show that I left my area. And so I was, you know, I mean, literally I could walk a circle around my house and be inside of my house. Now to my partner, that was great. Because here I am working, you know, me and I would go to, I was getting I, times I could go to work and then when I had to be home. So I could go right, to imagine work. Imagine that. You're an indentured servant. Yes, I could go to All work. All you had to do I, was work. I could go to work at five in the morning and I would leave at seven o'clock. So I worked five to seven. Every day. Every day. Except for Mondays. I took Mondays off. Man. And five to seven. And that was it. So you would go there, come home, go there, come home. And at any point in time, he may come to your house, which he would come quite often, and he would walk right in. And on your phone, your caller ID, uh, come up as number one, as one. Whenever you saw that one, I knew who that was. It's, whenever I get a caller ID that says one, it's not a good number. <laughs> well, you had – so that was house arrest, but it wasn't much different on probation. You no. still did the same crap. So the, no, the, yeah, no. So then once, once the monitor got, got off, at one point, too, I was like, man, because I would get tested – Two, three times a week. Two to three times a week, I'd have to drop down. It's go so down stupid. there and drop. Because if you're smoking like, pot, it's like you need to test once a month. Yeah, it's like it, it, it's so stupid. Yeah. It, 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 and, you know, down I called you. I talked to yeah, you one time, that. Jeff. And, yeah, you were and gone. I was like this. I came in and, and my urine was a little clear. And uh, he was like, how much water have you drank? I was like, I don't know, like probably about five, eight. 16 ounce glasses. He was, and he just went off. Why would anybody drink that much water? I said, Well, it's about 110 degrees in the kitchen. <laughs> I'm working my nuts sweating out. And it's, it's, it's summer and it's hot and I'm in the kitchen. And if I didn't drink that much water, I might pass out. I said, I've never failed. I've never had a problem. I've never had what they call inconclusive. Diluted. Diluted. Right. Yeah. You I thought you I mean? did. I thought that's what the call was. No, no. Just oh, he said, he, did, okay. he had just told me, he was like, he's like, well, when this comes back diluted, he was that's like, what he was like now we're going to have a new problem. Yeah. So he's yeah. like, so I'll send it off and we'll see where it goes from here. And I think that's why I called you. I was like, Jeff, man, I don't know. I, how much water can you drink? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, because, you know, what he had told me, the first thing he said, you got to remember, even to the five years, okay, I've got five years of probation. Which means that if I fail five years, what if I mess up, if I break a rule, where do I go? Prison. You're going to prison. I go to prison. Yeah, yeah, you bet. You almost want to look a guy like that in the face and say, you win. You, I, I'm scared to death of you. I do not want to go back to prison. You win. I will do everything you say. He would freak out, though. He would freak out, What you want to say is go fuck yourself. Well, you want to. Right. But it's like in that situation, I feel like I just got to be like, you win. You got it. You got me. Well, here's, here's the good news. I'm under your thumb, buddy. I mean, look, there's, I mean you, you're here now and, you know, five years, so we can sort of laugh about it. But there's a point in time we try to get you off probation early. Yeah. He old, didn't want old, me. He didn't know. Billy, Billy wasn't having that. He didn't like that. <laughs> no, he didn't. I don't remember what happened. We filed a motion. I think we did. I think we filed a formal written motion. Yes. How long had that been? Two years. So two years into it. was uh, two or three. 
Yeah, I think we waited till halfway home, maybe. Yeah, probably about two and a half or something then. Yeah, and no violations. Getting pee in a cup three times a week, working your tail off six days a week, 14 hours a day. That was was all I did. That was your life? That was my life. That was all I did. And we filed the motion. That that got granted. It did. It did get granted. And uh, your probation officer wasn't. He, he, he didn't quite know about that. <laughs> well, what was funny was that I remember it got it, we filed it, but then it didn't just like you filed it and the next day you're like, good news, Jared. Yeah, you got to wait. Yeah, right, you yeah. you got to wait. You know what I mean? Like whatever it was, four months. Oh, did it take that long? It was a, yeah. It was three months. On. It was a few months. Yeah. Probably sat at our office for I don't and, know, three months and 29 days. <laughs> probably. And we should really and we, get. We, Jeff and I never told you. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like, three days. Yeah, it was three days. It just sat in the file yeah. for three months. It's like, oh, shit, here's the evidence. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> he did get off probation. So one day Steve calls me and he tells me he's like this, early release approved. And he sent me a, an, an email, and I'm looking it up, and I'm reading it through there, signed by Judge Marbley. It's going through. It's good to go. I was like, all right, so what do I do now? And he said, don't fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> that was that, that was the, Don't commit crimes. Don't commit yeah. crimes. Go forth that, that's, crimes. That's what you're like. You're like, you're like, don't fuck up. Don't, 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 commit any, don't commit any crimes. I was like, do I need to go down? Is there paperwork I need to sign or anything like that? He's like, no, the only person who needed to sign anything was a judge. And so I was like... Bada bing, bada boom, right? This is great. Now you got to remember, you got to check in, like whatever it was. I can't remember enough. I knew it was at least once a week. So I had to, I had to go down. I had to go down there with my paychecks. I had to go down there with a letter written of who I've talked to. You know, I mean, this week and every week, you had to go down there with what you did, a whole, you know, just a, a schedule of what you did for a week, and you know, ate McDonald's. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just a schedule on there. And uh, so I was like, all right, cool. You know, so like, I don't know, man, it's like maybe a couple weeks, two two weeks went by and I'm sitting around the house and then all of a sudden I see number one ringing on my phone. <laughs> I remember this and I was time. like, this is number one. And sure was like, what are you going to do? I was like, I ain't going to answer it. <laughs> and uh, you lost that you know, I was like, I was like, I ain't answering that. So I don't answer it. Next thing we know, Shorty's phone is ringing and it's number, number one. one. Yeah. And I'm like this. Oh, no. What the heck's going on here? So then I call Stephen Palmer. I say, Steve, man, I don't know. He's, he's calling me. What should I do? And you were like, don't fuck off. <laughs> I was like, what? I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, are we, we, are we clear? Are we, we cool? Are you this? Are, and, 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 yeah, hello. I, I was like, are we, are we clear? And, and so then I was like, well, I'm going to call him. And I call him, and he's like, where have you been? You haven't been down here. You haven't checked in. You haven't been, you know what I mean? You're, you're, and, and you're an I was like, I was like, I'm off probation. He's like, no, you're not. I was like, yes, I am. Yes, huh? And I had pulled <laughs> up the letter, and I'm, yes, reading, huh? and I'm reading this email and everything like that. So I'm like, I'll forward it to you. So then he was like this. He was like, I want you. He wanted me down there. He's like, I want you down there. I want you down now. And I was like, I'm not coming down. He's like, well, I'll send marshals for you. I said, well, then send the marshals. <laughs> this all happened. This all yeah. happened. So then, each, then, then he got mad, and I was like, I just forwarded you the email. Just look and, at it. And he's like, he, he, and he was, he was like, you should have called. Well, then, uh, then he hangs up. I call Steve back. I'm like, man, he said he's going to send marshals, and he's like, whoa, 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 what, what's going on? They're not sending marshals. He's like, and if they do, call me. 
So now I'm like this. Oh shit! You know, I mean, are the Marshals? <laughs> I was actually contemplating the, the, going down over there. Are, I mean, yeah, because yeah, it's like, are you, I think I called him that day. Yes, then you called him. So then he calls back and he's like this. He's like, "You should have told me. You should have given me this." And I, I was like, "Isn't that your job?" Like, I would think that if you file it and things go through, that they would send you a message letting you know that I'm not under there anymore. And he just kept going on and on and, and everything. And I said, well, I think we're done. All right. Sorry, Charlie. Um, I, I think we're done. And and I was like, I'm, I'm going to go now. I was like, I have contacted my attorney. I said, uh, if you've got more information that you need to get from me, I need you to contact him. Fair enough. That's where we're at. But it was once again the adrenaline and the knot in my throat, and no, no, they're they're he's going to send marshals, and you know that the marshals come, I'm going to have to go with them, yeah, whether right or wrong. Right, you're going there. You're going. You're going. You're going with them. What am I going to do? Run or say no? I've had these moments before, and I like pull the entry back out. I'm reading. I'm like double check, triple, and I had done that. This is what it says. Yeah, like that was it. I'm reading what I got emailed to me. Like, did we screw this up? Yeah, like what did I forget here? I call the office. I was like, can you guys make sure that Blinsky's off? Freaking probation, man! I just told no, and this was clear as a day. It was clear as day. But there's another scenario where this guy didn't want you to succeed. He wanted you to fail. So yet another another spoke in the the federal system hub here or the justice system hub where you were he he was setting you up to fail and, and most people under that kind of pressure would collapse and they would just say go fuck yourself well that's dude. what happened that's why Screw they're back you you said it a lot of probation want, parole yeah, i don't want anything to do with you i'd rather just go back to you know it's like it, most people would say i can't do it and just fold well he was going to arrest you that day yes yeah, he was. No, that's what his plan was. Yes. Get down here right now. You haven't checked in in two weeks. Like, I got grounds. You're going back. Like, yes. Turn those yeah. machines back on. Yeah. Which would have been another two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe. Maybe. It's up to which, the judge. It's up to the judge. Right. It, it could have been a two days, three days yeah. before I saw the judge. I mean, there, then we got to be. You'd been in a cell. And then I'm going to get new letters from Javich and Palmer in my mailbox. Let mm-hmm. me know how much I owe now. <laughs> You know, because I was nice enough to get payments, but I'd get a letter and it's like this. Okay, well, you owe me this. You did, we were paid, still getting lunch. This date, this date, this date. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was, was a the made payments. cleared it all up. Every I now and then, be no, like, no, you know, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> even after you got it, you, every now and then, I'd be like, Jared's coming. I'd tell everybody, Jared's coming. So he's Tim coming is so excited. He's going to bring some lunch today. Like, oh. It's like the if it got to the point where the people upstairs would, would come down. People wouldn't bring. They're like, oh, I don't have to pack my lunch tomorrow because Berlinski's coming. Jared's coming with food. Yeah, it's like I think he's coming. I would. I'd whisper, I was like, Jared's coming. Yeah. yeah. And, and Lynn's like, can you just, can you tell him to bring like uh, just the, the, the pork and the, you know? yeah. Like, yeah, he'll bring it all. Yeah. Just some separate, you know, so I could carry it out. And yeah. Yeah. That was no problem. Yeah. We did that. And it, so that right there, I remember, but you know, I got really depressed during, during, especially the house arrest and the probation. I, 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 I was not the best me right there. I just, everything was different. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't have, who was your friend? Who, who is your, who is still a friend? Which I still got a handful of great, great friends. You know, they're mm-hmm. the real people. They're the, they're the people that were there before I started making bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And, and it just, it, it, you know, it just, it was, it was, a, it was, it was a very difficult well, it's it, interesting. It you know, it's like looking back on all that mess. Um, you would think 
that somebody or the system would provide a bridge so you don't get depressed and have to start over because you went from a maybe not so you wouldn't have started it's a, they, they sh- it should recognize that this is a whole life change if they're going to give you a life change that's huge how many people in any capacity in their lives have completely turned 180 degrees and gone the other direction it's like very few people have done that maybe if you've gone through a divorce there, there there's something like that where you just realize that you have to go a different direction now everything that was is not everything you did you don't Everything you had is gone. It's all different now. Your life has changed, and it's very depressing. I mean, you get down. You get you get. It, it's it's a horrible scenario, and you're not allowed to go back. I have this talk with so many people. It's like, look, all your dudes, all your guys, all your buddies are the guys you commit crimes with. You can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And you're that's what you knew. That's what you were. And it's hard. It's a there. There was no support that you got anyway from anybody to help you through that time. And, and I can't probably, imagine. Yeah, and you probably don't. You don't realize what freedoms you had until they're gone. You know what I mean? So you're a biker. I know a lot of guys that we've represented that ride their Harleys that say, hey, man, can I just get driving privileges to – well, no. You can't cruise around on your bike just to cruise around when you're on certain terms. It's like that one freedom to be able to go out with your brother, say, and go on a ride. Can't do that. Can't do that on a house arrest. You can go to and from the barbecue, right? Yeah, they they confiscated my 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 bikes too. You know, mm-hmm. they had taken them from me. Yeah, I didn't have them anymore. They that was now property of the government. And remember, I traded an X Mark mower to my dad, and my brother had a bike that I had sold him. That my dad paid. I don't know whatever their deal was. I traded a mower for an old motorbike, the Japanese Warlord, old Kawasaki Vulcan that I'd had for me and my brother put over three hundred fifty thousand miles on this bike. And when I got it back, it had been through a lot, and uh, it was. But it's still, I loved it. It was, it was, it was still a great bike, and it was still great to ride that. But once again, you can only be in the Southern District of Ohio. Mm. I couldn't. And the odd line is, is that if I wanted to go right up to Amish country where I would like to go up to sixty-two, it didn't take long before. I mean, I, I no, it didn't go I, very far north. It doesn't go very far north. Uh-uh. Like where I live, I mean, it was like twenty minutes up sixty-two. I had to turn around, and come back. I, I couldn't go up there. Um, even if I wanted to leave an area, like if I wanted to go, if I wanted to go to Cincinnati, you know, I would have to let them know that I'm going to Cincinnati, even though it's still in the jurisdictions. It's I forget the mile. There's if you leave your house by this many miles, hmm. you have to register and, and, and see if it's okay. Um, I had to I had to, I had to file to go to uh, Shorty's uh, grandmother's funeral because it was up up north. And, you know, and that was difficult. I didn't know if he was going to let me go for that. And the whole time, any time that I had a meeting with the, my, my officer, there was never, man, you're doing good. You know, nah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you know, your business is going well. Things are, it was never you're going good. It was always, I was, I was always beat up, always put down every time that I had to talk with him. It was always just a horrible feeling. Driving downtown to drop was a horrible feeling. Because, I mean, this – I have trouble at a Buckeye game whenever you walk into it and, and you're shoulder to shoulder and you're in it's just, it's just trouble. Yeah, there's something stage fright. And, you know what I mean? You get a little stage fright, bro. And so you, you – I wouldn't – you know what I mean? You got, when you get down there, you're ready. You're ready to drop. You're like, mm-hmm. man, if, I got if he go. could come out here, I would really like it now. <laughs> we were supposed to meet at 3. It's 3 o'clock. Yeah. Can we, can we do this? Yeah. And it's just it's – just, 
the hoops and the things you got to go through. I understand why they're placed there. It's not placed there for it to be easy. It is there so it's difficult. It is there to catch you. It is there so that you don't do it again. Um, well, here's the thing. You know, it's like I'm not complaining. I know you know. I mean, I know you know this, but it's it's not like my my beef here is that. You didn't deserve it on some level, right? Because there's probably people out there thinking, well, you did Camilli's crime. Of course you did, right? And that's probation and there's a purpose for it. But that purpose has to be legitimate. It can't just be to treat somebody poorly just because you can or to exert pressure and control over somebody just because you can or make somebody jump through hoops because you can. There should be a, there should be a purpose and a path. And I don't feel like you got guidance through that path. And I think I'm, I'll say this flat out. I think lesser people would have screwed it up. And mm. I've, I've, I've represented many clients who have had probation officers that had their thumb on them like that, and they just track. They just say, screw it. And they just – when people say – here's what I say all the time, my, my conference room. Every time you say, fuck it, usually what happens next is really bad. Mm-hmm. And that kind of pressure puts people in that mindset where you just say, fuck it. And then what are you going to do? I'm going to the bar. I'm going to go get high or I'm going to go do a line of meth or whatever. Mm. And next thing you know, it's like, all right, now I got you. And and you made it, which I think is a, is a huge credit to you. Um, but again, I don't want to make it look like you didn't sort of earn these consequences either, right? I mean, there, this was, there, there was a cause and effect here too. So it's an interesting, uh, interesting irony. I think what we need to do here is wrap this one up. We need some post-mortem. Not today. On Lawyer Talk. On the tube. <laughs> what the hell is it? Off the record. Yeah, on, on the, the tube. On the tube. Off the record. On the air. On the tube. I think we'll be back for a wrap-up. What's going on in Jared's life now? A complete wrap-up. And now why don't we start doing the fun stuff? Let's start doing the fun stuff. Let's do it. So, Lawyer Talk, Blinsky Chronicles, almost finished. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Off the record on the air, on the tube, until now.